Welcome to Lifestyle's Church. The following message is an introduction on a new series called Pictures of Jesus' Church. Our speaker is Pastor Steve Rand. How cool was worship? Yeah. Oh, look at that. Our crew down the back is all over it. <clears throat> so, well done, Micah. Made everyone feel welcome and warm, I believe. And uh, we're going to get straight into the word right now. So as you can see up there on the screen, we've got a couple of readings and I'm a little bit tinny, guys. Just, Shane, I'm just a little bit ringy up here, mate. <clears throat> All good. So Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. I do this on a Thursday morning with our, um, our school kids in our chapel time. I put it up on the screen and then I stand back here so I can read it. Is that all right? That way I feel like I'm part of the congregation as I'm reading the scriptures together. How about you'll stand with me as we read our reading for today? That's a good idea, I reckon. You probably think it's not, but I do. Keeps you alert and awake. So you see there, it says, I, Paul, therefore a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Look to your neighbor and say, you've been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Look to their neighbor and say, I love you. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And there's such a presence of peace here this morning, isn't there? I don't know if you can feel it. Our next reading continues on there. And it says, um, it's in the same chapter, but from verse 11. And he, speaking of Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Say, I'm getting strong. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. Unity, another key word right there. And of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And just say for, for one last time, I'm growing full in Christ. Oh, you guys are awesome. Find your seats. I'm growing full in Christ. Christ. Hallelujah. It's so good to see everybody here this morning. So we're starting a new series, but it's going to sound a little bit strange because it's kind of a five-week series split up into two parts. That sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? So what we're doing is we're starting two weeks and then we're going to, we're going to have a break on the series because we're heading into a month long or five weeks of a focus on missions, global missions. We've got five weeks uh, there's two weeks where uh, myself and one of our other pastors will be preaching. And then we've got a guest speaker. His name's John Titus. He's going to be with us for the entire weekend, the middle weekend of September. And uh, we're going to have some different services. He operates as an evangelist. He operates as a missionary. And he operates in the prophetic quite profoundly. As some of us met, uh, remember last time John was here. And uh, he's an Indian man who's married an American wife. And they travel the world together. Uh, and especially India and Australia. So that's going to be wonderful. And then another two weeks on missions. I'm really looking forward to our missions month. Uh, Pastor James and Meredith have been working really hard and their entire team putting together um, a wonderful time for us around understanding God's heart into mission. And then you have, we'll have school holidays. So uh, I might take a week off. And then I'll come back and finish the last three parts of this series. So just giving you that idea because I don't want to lose momentum. Um, I originally thought this might have been just a two-week series, and when I sat down and started to pray about it and write about it and, and put it together, um, the Lord spoke really clearly to my heart that we need to just take our time unpacking this whole point. So um, <clears throat> that's a, a long introduction, isn't it? Like I said, it'll bookend our missions month, and I'm looking forward to it. You can see up here, this is the title for today's sermon. Pictures of Jesus' Church, a vision series. And part one, I'm just giving you an introduction today, just to lay the, the platform for us as we look into what the Word of God says uh, for us as a church in the season that we're in and moving forward in what He's doing. Amen? So I'm hoping that this will be a fresh look, a positive series, and, 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 and will help us recapture our heart for what God's called us to be 
as a church. I'm also hoping that it'll inspire some of you. We've got some new faces in the church and, and some of us haven't quite understood um, who God's called us to be and wants us to be. And, and uh, as we unpack this and develop this, you will get a heart of it, a heart for this church and you'll plant yourself in deeply and you'll get in boots and all. That's what I'm really hoping is that we'll see people just say, yes, I'm on board with this and I'm staying and I'm just going to plant myself in and I'm going to be in boots and all. I'm, I'm on the ground. Amen. So the aim is to break this down, how God sees us and hopefully energize us for the next season of growth for the kingdom of God. Amen. So our foundation. The foundation is found in that, that second slide that I put up there. This is our foundation as we look to move forward. Our foundation is in Jesus Christ. It says there, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. We know that very well, but look towards the end. Until we attain the unity of the faith and out of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ. See, this is the aim of Christ's church. It's the aim of everyone who would call him Lord is that not individually, but corporately, we would grow up into the body, which is Christ. That we would grow up into the expression of the kingdom of God to this world under the headship and the lordship of Jesus. That each and every one of us has a part to play as God knits us together into the full stature of Christ. But we all have an individual part to play in that as individual members. And we'll unpack that, well, I'll unpack that as we get through the series. You and I were created in his image. The church, globally, is created in the image of God. You and I, together and individually, form the expression of the kingdom of God for those who are lost. And we can't do that alone. That, just that thought that singularly I am an expression of the kingdom of God to the lost would actually put too much burden, too much stress, too much pressure on me. And what would actually happen is I would try and perform the kingdom instead of outliving the kingdom. That's why God puts us together in in a unity, in a body. That's why he puts us together in a church. We're not meant to be individual Christians. We're meant to be family. We're meant to be body. We're meant to be a tribe, as he's called us to be. And this is in our, our foundation. It's God's plan, as he says through Paul here, to do this. I like this passage of scripture because of these four points. It was Jesus who gave. It was Jesus who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be, some to be. It was Jesus who gave. It was the, the giving heart, the love of Jesus to be able to give people who would represent a portion of him to equip the saints to grow up into the full stature of God. Notice there's five expressions there, but only Jesus himself carried the fullness of those five expressions. Only Jesus could fulfill those five roles in the one body. That's why you and I need these expressions in our life and in our church. Secondly, for the purpose of equipping you and I for the works of ministry and building up his body. Jesus gave these gifts so that we would be unified and built up together. We have, we have to see as a church that this is something that God has done. He's desired it from the beginning of Time. Point three here, his aim is that this was to bring us to maturity through unity. He's done this to build you up to be mature, to build your stature, to be mature like him. If Jesus wasn't mature, do you think he would have gone to the cross? Absolutely not. So he's our aim. That, that we, would be, we would be like him in the garden, not my will, God, but yours be done. The willingness to just lay it all down so that God could complete that which is in his heart. 
And lastly, we have the responsibility to represent Christ here in his fullness. You and I have the responsibility as his church to represent him to this world. Now, I could not do that on my own. I could not represent Jesus in a light that people would, um, would want to follow him on my own. But as a church, see, God says this. Actually, Jesus says this. They will know you by your love for one another. As we love each other, as we come together and growing up in the, in the fullness of this, this body, this stature that God's called us to be, there is a, a unique expression of the love of God that takes place. And people are drawn into the kingdom by this love and kindness and the expression that the world cannot give them. As we sung this morning, Jesus is the cornerstone. Another way of putting that is he is the foundation stone that sets the benchmark for all that build in the kingdom of God. And then the word of God says that he is also not just the foundation stone, but he is also the capstone. He's the finishing stone of his church. He is the foundation and the cap and everything that is built up is built up into the likeness of him. Or another way of putting that is he is the head. Amen? And what is formed upon the gospel of peace. You see, we've got our feet shod with the gospel of peace. What is formed upon the gospel, which is Jesus, grows up in the fullness of stature in the Christ, which is the head. And that is the perfect expression of God to this world. And you and I have a part in that. You and I have an amazing part in that. All that we do, all that we are finds its purpose in nothing else but Jesus Christ. He alone will fulfill you and he alone will give you reason to live. Just go outside, go and talk to anyone up the street, go and talk to anyone in this world where you might have come in today feeling like you have been under the weather, feeling like you have gone through the storms of life. You can come and be in fellowship with the church of God in the worship of God and he encounters you in a real way and he inspires you to live another day what do they have they have hopelessness and they're lost and and there's nothing to actually get up for so they try and fill these desires with everything else in the world whereas you and I we have this perfect look at what we can be together Another reference for us today, another scripture for us to look at is Acts chapter 2 and 1 to 4. So you can't build uh, a thinking, a doctrine, you can't build a theology, you can't build your understanding on the church of God unless you look at the foundation of the church. The very starting point of the church itself. And it's found in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 where it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them as they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Sometimes I think we overlook the importance of the Holy Spirit's work in the early church. Sometimes our humanity, we, as we read the scriptures, we look at the things that the church did and we try to replicate them. But we make this simple mistake that it was the breath of the Spirit of God that blew across that place that caused that church to be birthed in power. It caused that church to be birthed in a foundation that could never be shaken. You see, it was, it was the quickening of what Jesus did on the cross. The Spirit brought about His breath upon it and it brought life to all who heard it. Sometimes I, I think that we don't give equal relevance or equal weight to the three persons of our Godhead. And it's something that we need to continually reinforce. And for the last hundred years as Pentecostal uh, teaching has come out. There has been a strong emphasis on the work of the Spirit of God because He was underemphasized for so many years. But there's a balance, isn't there? 
that is the, the work of Jesus partnering with the work of the Spirit that reveals the love of God and reveals the Father heart that he has toward us. We're in fact in a partnership with Jesus and his spirit to advance the kingdom of God and to see people come into the transforming work of the gospel of Christ. We are commissioned by God. You have a mission, but you are partnered with the spirit of God. You have a mission, but he empowers you for it. You have a mission that seems daunting when you look around the people around you, if we would partner together as his church, it doesn't seem as daunting. See, one person is like a drop in the ocean when you look at the seven billion people of our world. But when you look around and you see there's a hundred adults around you who if we all would take on this responsibility of looking at what we did look at at Ephesians 4, we would grow up into the fullness and measure of Christ. His Spirit would be outpoured upon us and daily, as the book of Acts tells us, God would add to the number of His church. Now around the globe, this is happening. But I'm not content with happening around the globe. You see, we need to bring it to the local context. The day where God would add daily to our number is not a pipe dream. It is something that God wants for you and I. God has commissioned you and I. He has commanded, but it's his work through us that will bring about the change. Secondly, as we overlook our part, we do so to our detriment. You and I have a part to play in this. We can't sit back on our laurels and just think that God's going to bring transformation to this world. God done his part when he sent Jesus. Jesus done his part when he sent us the Holy Spirit who to partner with us and as his church would to go into all the world. We sit back often in our prayer time and we say, God, send revival. God, send revival. But when God sends revival, he plants a man or a woman. He plants a church. God sends revival through you and I. So if you're saying, God, send revival, but then you're not stepping into the harvest field, then really you're not partnering with the Spirit of God in what He wants to do. Luke writes that they were in one accord. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. They were in one accord, in one place. They were not in separate places praying, separate things. They had unity. They had accord. They had one focus. Their vision at that point was to be obedient to the words of Jesus, which said to wait to be endured with power from on high. As he had commanded them, the Spirit would come. The result is mind-blowing when we think about it. The birth of Jesus' church was not under the radar, nor was it tiny. Reports from the Roman Empire, you can look in history, you can look in the Word, the people of the way, the Christians of the day, the ones who followed Jesus were accused of the ones who would turn the world upside down. The church was not birthed in something small. It turned their local area upside down and from there pushed out into the outer regions and brought about revival through many, many nations. It wasn't tiny. It wasn't long <coughs> that the kingdom and the church formed structures that caused the church to expand even more. Because God does things in godly order and godly fashion. Where we look at it and we think they must have been having a party, the Holy Spirit being poured upon them in tongues of fire. It didn't take long for wisdom to rise up in the apostles. It didn't take long for the spirit of wisdom to be evident in their life and they put structures around it. 
And if you go and you have a look, I think it's Acts chapter 4 or maybe Acts chapter 6. It didn't take long for many of the Jewish believers, many of the Jewish um, rabbis and teachers in the, and priests in the synagogue began to convert to Christianity because they saw the godly order that the church had put into place. These structures came around it so that the advancement of the kingdom could continue to go on. That's what Jesus, that's what Paul's actually writing in Ephesians chapter 4 when he says, God gave some, or he gave some, to be teachers and pastors and apostles and, and prophets and evangelists. They're the structures that God put in place so that they would build everyone up to the unity. It was leadership. Unity was key. You can't have a church that's not unified. You cannot have a church based upon two or three different visions. That is division. You have to be united behind the one cause, the one call that God has called you for. He's planted you in. And every church, every local church looks different because God has a different call for each church because there are different people in this community that need to be reached. There is not one church that fits all because we're a fickle bunch, people. We don't like the music. It's too loud. We don't like the preacher. He can't teach. We don't like the people. They smell. We're a fickle bunch. So there's not one church that fits all. So there's, there's this diversity in God's vision. And he fills all and fulfills all his purpose through his church. Now let me tell you, when the sweet presence of the Spirit is blowing upon a church that is unified behind the vision that God gives them, let me tell you that people are no longer fickle. They're drawn to the presence of God. And it doesn't matter how well the pastor speaks. And it doesn't matter what songs you sing. And it doesn't matter whether or not everyone turns up on time or if they've had a shower. What matters is that the presence of God is present and it's the representation of His true church here on earth. And the key for this is unity. One God, one Spirit, one vision. Unity was key. Look at what David wrote. Ooh, it was already up there. Look at that. Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Where the Spirit of God is evident, the oil of God is present. And it runs down us. And it overflows through us. It's because of unity. You cannot have a church where there is disharmony and disunity. And we as individual members of the church must strive, must fight for the unity of his church. I see these blessings of the Lord written here in Psalm 133. Paul must draw from this when he writes in 1 Corinthians 13 about the greatest of love. Faith, hope and love, but the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. When we look at the early church, and our model should always be based on this early church, I see that unity was found in these three areas. By no means is this exhaustive. But the three areas that unity is found is unified in faith. If you're taking notes, you want to write that down. They were unified in their faith, unified in their hope, the returning king, and they were unified in purpose, which is ultimately to express the love of the kingdom. Within this, we see faith, hope, and love. Greatest of these is always love. When we would see that love has transformed us so much, we can't but love the world around us, then I think we start to understand the importance of this unity message. The result of these three 
is the outworking of the Great Commission. You can't do it without these three. You might think that you can be a person that can walk around or drive around and be separated from a church. But everything you do, you do outside of the will of God. The church of God reflects the heart of God and it is the person of God to this world. It is Jesus represented. He is the head, we are his body. And over the next four weeks of this series, we will unpack these four pictures so that we can understand what God wants us to be and how he wants us to be unified. Those of you that have been around long enough, you should know our vision. 2010, we worked through this process and we asked those who are in the church, what is it that's dear to you? What is it that you see the church? How is it? And we went around and we, we gave this survey and we discussed it and we, we, we broke it down as, um, as best we could. And this is what came of be. The vision of Life Source Church is to be as one, inspiring faith, imparting hope and expressing love. Within there you see everything that I've just been talking about. You see the unity to be as one. Not to be divided. Not to have different plans. Not to think that we can just win the world on our own. But to be as one. And when these three elements are in place, that we are inspiring faith amongst believers and sharing the gospel amongst the lost, when we're imparting hope to the hopeless, when we're reaching out beyond ourselves to those who are living in a hopeless state and sharing the hope of the kingdom of God with them, and when we're standing up and we're expressing love even to the loveless, we're outworking the vision that God has given us as a church. To be as one, inspiring faith, imparting hope, and expressing love. If we look at this, over our time, the results of this focusing in on who God has called us to be, there's too many things that we can list off to, uh, to boast in the goodness of God. If, if I tried to attempt, I would miss so much. But let me give you just some a form of attempt. In this time, we've seen two ministers credentialed, fully credentialed. We've seen two ministers step up as trainees. We're in discussions with others to do their pre-trainees. That we've seen five people receive diplomas of Christian ministry and theology with another three, two working towards theirs and more in the wings. We've seen two new elders added to our eldership board. We've seen new ministry roles and leaders rise up within this context. And as you've seen this year, we've been releasing people into ministry roles and we've been praying for them. And, and endorsing them and doing all sorts of things. We've acquired a 34-unit crisis accommodation called Barnabas House. We have uh, started, not just had a concept, we have started a 27-student currently school, Christian school. We have um, began... Actually, we spied out the land with Pastor Rodney. We sent another missionary trip with Pastor Rodney and Saru. And then another trip with Pastor Rodney and Pastor Jamie to Brazil. Spying out the land, seeing what God was moving in our heart in the area of missions. Because the CRC had wanted us to go out and branch out beyond um, the works that currently CRC were doing. So they asked us to pray about a particular nation. And it happened to be Brazil. Since then, we've partnered with, last week we celebrated with Compassion up in Fortaleza, where we've got 27 sponsored children or something like that. Uh, but at the same time, with, um, with Pastor Livia and Igor last year celebrating seeing their church move from an independent Baptist church in, in Brazil to becoming part of the family of the CRC, the first CRC church in Brazil. That was a work done from the vision of this church. We've got a partnership with them and uh, we're in discussion. Uh, their, their name, if you want to know their name, is Ingresia Batista da Familia. That is the name of their church. 
is the church of the, um, is the Baptist church of the family. We've seen Pastor James go on three. This is in this eight-year period. Maybe, maybe I might be out a little bit here, but it's pretty close. Um, two to three separate missions to the Solomons in India. And there was a vision in all of this that we would send three missionaries out on the field. And then we weren't sure what was going to happen there. And then all of a sudden, God moved on the three Dalla boys. One of them wasn't even saved at that point. And they went out on the missions field up to um, Canada. Stephen became, got saved and baptized in Canada. And then um, some of them went off and done different training. And they've been doing missions work throughout America and into South America ever since. Thank God we've got um, Michael back at the moment and, and Lachlan's going well and Stephen's um, reintegrating back in the church life and things like that. So God's doing some wonderful work there. We sowed the dream of transformations, which I know will become something that God has called us to do. Transformations is a drug rehabilitation um, centre. This year we... We released, oh, we've been doing a prophetic activation school where we've seen 24 of our people here in our church undertaking this training, and it's been an amazing time. We're outgrowing our building. The school has put pressure on us to say that we, we need more space. I want to see double services on a Sunday morning. I want to see this place full twice over. Why not three times over? We've seen the community cupboard bless many families in our city from the from the inception here in Griff, in life source all the way through now to Barnabas house and the community is so appreciative of it we received a $500 donation the other day for the cupboard and then another $100 donation a week later outside the church you see because when the church is unified behind a vision when the church gets together it can actually do some good work over that time, we saw some, some significant efforts into Pioneer. And some of those kids are still with us um, in spirit today as we are seeing them out walk this particular journey. But you know, when they're in trouble, they know who to call. I've had countless phone calls or emails from people saying, I need help, Steve. And I remember the time that you came and you played games with us in the park and you cooked me a sausage. You see, when the work, the, the work of the church is unified, it's... Reach is broad. Last week we had the compassion party and Paul Davey was with us and he complimented us. Two days later he wrote me an email and he wrote this, Thanks for allowing me to be a part of an amazing day yesterday. Who was here last week? Put your hands up. Last week we had this amazing party. It was a great time and I was pretty sore the next day from playing soccer. Um, but it was good fun. Thanks for allowing me to be a part of an amazing day yesterday. You have an awesome church that is doing great things in God's name in Griffith. I was so encouraged to see your church's heart for its own community and the lost and poor around the world. I want you to know that you guys have something that I don't see in many places I visit. It was a privilege to share it with you, if just for a day. Thanks. Isn't that amazing? And you get someone from the outside coming in and they see what we take for granted. We take it for granted. God is doing an amazing work in our community and he's using his church to do it. He's using you and I to be this. Looking ahead, I have plans. Um, actually, I wanted, I wanted it to be in October, but just with other things going on, it's not going to happen. But we've got plans to go to multiple services. In the morning, we got um, we're continuing to pray for opportunities in our outlying areas. We um, we're going to be seeing more ministry training and equipping happening. Our leadership are going to start doing uh, in the early start of next year. We'll start doing more training in that area and equipping people. I think in the first weekend or second weekend of September, the emerging leaders are happening, and there's some new young people that are being invited to that, and I, I'm really encouraged about that. There's, there will be a refocus on pastoral care and the grow group ministry and I'm, I'm just thanking God for his timing to be perfect in that. And then there's the Brazil partnership, which I know we're going to be key in planting churches throughout Brazil with. 
But we don't stop dreaming there, do we? There's many dreams in your heart that God's called and asked you to be. Let us break this down. Making a difference by imparting faith, or sorry, inspiring faith. When you think about this concept, inspiring faith, this is our vision, to be as one. To be as one. Inspiring faith means to be revealing Christ. It means to be revealing the Father and revealing the Spirit. We can't undervalue the three persons of the Godhead. There's a, there's a concept that we did a number of years ago called natural church development, and it showed us that people are often um, wired differently in the way that they relate with God. Some will relate with God through the person of Jesus more than they will any of the other two. Others are quite spiritual in nature and really simply, really easily connect with the Holy Spirit. And that the others have such an understanding of the goodness of God as Father, they connect with God as Father. But what happens to the detriment is that they neglect the relationship with the three persons of the Godhead and focus strongly on one. And they become narrow-minded to the point that other opinions to theirs become... Um, not respected, so undervalued. But when you go to church in unity, you value all three opinions because it's a complete picture of the Godhead, complete picture of who God's revealed himself to be in us, to us, through us, and for us. So if you know someone this morning who seems to be of the super spiritual nature and you seem to be very, very strong uh, doctrinally around truth, you guys need to get together and impart to one another what God has done in each other's life so that you can become more balanced in your life. If all you're doing is is um, being thankful in your Christian walk for what Jesus has done, but don't actually allow the effects of what Jesus has done to bring you into a deeper relationship with God as good Father, then you're hampered or or restrained in your expression as a Christian. And while you're always being thankful, you're never partaking of the goodness of God to be even more thankful. So one reveals the other. And not one of them works outside of the purpose and vision and call of the church, the purpose and vision and call of the Godhead. All three work in total harmony. That's why we need to be drawing strength from each other. If we just look through it before I go on any further with the next point. Our vision to be as one. I'm going to say this a few different ways. To be as one. To be as one is the statement of our intent. It is our aim. It is to be of one. Heart, one mind. To be as one, put the emphasis on the be, to be as one, is this statement of being. It's a statement of saying, this is who I am. That I am one with one another in the expression of God to this world. To be as one. To be as one. Is this concept that I'm not limiting but I'm of the same kind, to be as one. I'm not limited in my expression, but because I've got my brother and my sister around me, my expression is multiplied. It's not even added to, it's multiplied. So to be as one is a, is a growing concept. To be as one. Say to your neighbor, to be as one. Put the emphasis on the one. Put some real emphasis on it this morning. To be as one. It is one under God. One under this Godhead concept. One under the kingdom. One under the name of Jesus. One under the headship of Christ. To be as one. This is the concept of unity. It is the statement of intent. It is our aim. It is our statement of being. It is this statement that we are not limited, but we are called to multiply 
And it is this sense that we are one body under Christ as head. That is our vision. That is who God has called us to be. And in doing so, when we outwork this, we see this concept in place. That we are to inspire faith. Revealing Christ, revealing the Father, revealing the Spirit. The Spirit of God reveals the work of Jesus. The person of Jesus always came to reveal the Father. You can't have one without the other. That's who you are. That's who we are. That's who we need to aim to be. The second part here is the imparting hope. It is this returning Christ that we have this concept and this understanding and even this hope, even if you don't know in the deepest of your belief, but you have this hope that Jesus is returning. Every one of the apostles had it, including Paul. He writes about it. Every one of the early church had it. Everyone throughout church history has had this concept that there is a returning Christ. And he's returning for you and I. That there is a hope of a better future. You might not see it in this world, but your future, you are not citizens of this world, you are citizens of a kingdom to come. That citizenship is in the, the place of Zion. That's why we took the time unpacking uh, and looking at this driven by eternity. Because we wanted you to understand the concept of the hope that is to come. And then you have this freedom in overcoming the world. Don't get that mixed up. Christian freedom is not to do as you please. It is not to make you feel good. Christian freedom is so that you will overcome the flesh, overcome the world, overcome the inward view of yourself so that you can live as God has called you to live. And then this last point, expressing love. Expressing love is the outworking of compassion. It is the serving those that we reach and it is the looking for opportunities to be kind. I'm going to do something just to give you this picture. Is that all right? And then I'm going to close off. I've got a little tray here. I need to find a volunteer. Pick on someone. Novi, can you come out here, please? If you have, put your hands together for Novi. Is there a little, little one out here? Is there someone really little out here? Like a, a child still hanging around? <laughs> nah, I might just use Novi. Come up here on the stage really quickly. Why are you doing that? Just stand on that cup for me. And I'm going to open this packet. Yeah, stand on it. You'll be right. I said stand on it. Just stand on it. Don't move. Just stand on it. And I open this packet. While I open the packet, just break that up into little pieces. Yeah, it's all right. The cleaners will get it. And once you finish breaking that up, just rip that up. It's all right. There's nothing important on that. And I've got to do something else. All right. You keep ripping that up, and I'm going to do this. Isn't she doing a good job? Put your hands together for Novi. What a lovely assistant. Mary, can I ask you to come out and just play the guitar for me, mate? Look at that. Everyone's working together as a team. Unity at its best. But you see that cup under Novi's foot? What do you see? It's squashed. And it's not because of the weight of Novi, is it? It's just because it's a weak cup. If I gave her a glass, she might have been able to stand on it. What about the piece of paper? I mean, it's a mangled mess now. Well done. And the pasta, well, the pasta, I'll take that off you. The pasta, well, it's not even good for the pot anymore. Novi, how strong are you? Can you rip that up? Just rip it up for me. Yeah, go. As hard as you can, rip it. I need someone stronger. You rip that one for me? Just like that. 
Ooh, nah, all right, put it down. That's Pastor Rodney's. Don't don't let him know I did that. Unity is an amazing thing. Now she might be able to do this one because she's a strong girl. Novi, break them. Just break them in one big rip. Grab it with my hair. Yeah, okay, we'll do it together. Oh. You're strong, girl. All right, on the tray. On the tray. What I wanted to show you there was if I had three packets of pasta, I don't think we would break it, would we? There's an expression about multiplication. Novi might have been able to break one without any effort. When you're walking in this world alone, you can be crushed, you can be a target to the enemy, and you're just as strong as that. Together, in a small family, we were able to hold stronger. You're not meant to stay at home as a family and worship God. You're part of something bigger. I'm cheap, so I didn't go and buy five packets of pasta. Maybe I would have gone to Audi and show my frugal because it's a bit cheaper at Audi. If we had five packets of pasta, we wouldn't have been able to break it, would we? Representing five families that come together as a church. Representing you and I, who are called under the one headship. The book, it's quite easy to tear a piece of paper. You can get as angry as you want, but you can't ever tear a phone book. You can actually grab two phone books and layer page by page by page of the two phone books together. Two Sydney phone books, page by page by page. You could put a tractor on either end with a chain and you could never pull them apart. Because of the friction between every part of the pieces of paper. It's an amazing thing if you've ever seen it. But together, we can achieve a lot. Together, we're really strong. Can't be torn, can't be ripped apart. Novi, we've got to get rid of this pasta. Now, I haven't tried this one, so I'm hoping it works. But what do you reckon will happen if Novi stands on these cups? How's that? Together, we can achieve a lot. Together, I'm not even supporting her weight. You are. The concept of being unified is God's plan for you and I. That's what he wants from you. He doesn't want you to be isolated. He never wants you to be alone. He's always put you in a place where he can speak to you through those he's put around you. And when you're feeling like maybe you're a little bit heavy today, maybe you're carrying the weight of the world, you can stand on some people who aren't feeling as heavy as you. And together, you can overcome you down. Give her a clap. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Unity was God's plan from day one. He said it was not good for man to be alone, so he put Adam in a deep sleep. While he was asleep, he removed a rib, and out of that rib, he formed woman. And there we see the perfect first marriage. He made a partner for Adam, and together they were to go into all the world and multiply. Throughout Biblical history, we can see unity played out and out again. But nothing more is as important as what Jesus did for you and I. 
But for it to happen, he had to leave a very special place, and that place is called heaven. For that to happen, Jesus left all of himself, that which was his royalty, his deity, that which was his power, that which was his entitlement, to come to this earth and to be born in a filthy stable and laid in a food trough. He separated himself from the Father, of which he'd never been separated before. And the ultimate expression of his separation brought about you and I into the family of God. On that cross, when your sin, that which you have done separate from the will of God, when your sin was placed upon his shoulders, the Father turned his back upon his son because he could not look upon him full of the sin of the world. And at that point, as he gave up his spirit, sin was crushed. Sin was defeated. Sin had no more power. It was broken in the will of God. And upon that tree, your sin was nailed with him. Right across this place. As your eyes are closed, I'm going to ask this because I know the Spirit of God is working in your heart right now. The greatest expression of unity came from a bloody cross. Because as he died, on the third day, the Father raised him. The Father raised him from the dead. And he walked and he talked and he imparted and then he ascended on high, reunified with the Father. And by his Spirit,